Hey, Crime Sad listeners, welcome back to another episode. My name is Ashley, and with me always is my partner in crime, Ricky, and this is Crime Salad Podcast. Just this past December 8th, two dozen friends and family of Bobby Joe Stennett gathered around the town square in Skidmore, Missouri, to remember their friend who was murdered 14 years ago. Bobby Joe was a 23-year-old woman who lived with her husband in town. Outside of her job in manufacturing, she worked at Happy Havens, which helped find homes for rat terriers and other homeless dogs. In 2006, Bobby Joe was absolutely thrilled to find out she would be pregnant with her first child. When she met Lisa Marie Montgomery online, who shared that she was also pregnant and just as big as a lover of dogs as Bobby Joe was, she thought she had made a wonderful new friend. Instead, Lisa Montgomery would become famous as only one of the 50 other women to be placed on death row for what she did to Bobby Joe. Our case this week dives into the lives of these two women, what happened on the day they met, and the aftermath that found Lisa Marie scheduled to be the first woman executed in America in almost 70 years. In early spring of 2004, Bobby Jo Stennett found out that she was pregnant with her first child. She had gotten married to her childhood sweetheart, Zeb Stennett, about a year previous, and the couple were trying to save money to move out of their small rented home into something more permanent where they could raise their daughter together. Bobby Joe was 23, and Zeb was only a year older at 24, and they both worked at a local manufacturing plant. And to make some extra money to put towards their future home, Bobby started up and ran her own dog breeding business called Happy Haven Farms out of her home in Skidmore, Missouri. Bobby Joe was a huge fan of rat terriers, a small, intelligent dog breed. She had two of her own named Belle and Tipsy, as well as a much larger Dalmatian named Maddie. She was a licensed breed inspector, a judge for the National Kennel Club, and would often travel around Midwest for various dog shows. When friends and family would stop over to see the Stennets, there were usually no less than four or five puppies running around. Bobby Joe preferred it this way. She was just the biggest dog lover in Skidmore. To promote her business, as well as just talk about her shared love of rat terriers, Bobby created a website for Happy Haven, where she would often post pictures of not just the dogs who needed a home, but also herself and her husband. In addition to her website, she began to post on an online community dedicated to rat terriers. Given her love for the dogs and her status in the dog breeding community, she was a popular member in the community, posting frequently about both dogs and her personal life. Even when she became pregnant in the spring of 2004, she was thrilled to share the info with her online group. It was through this online forum that Bobby first met another woman who said she was also pregnant, Lisa Montgomery. Okay, so a little bit about Lisa. She was 36, over 10 years older than Bobby Joe, and she lived in Melvern, Kansas, which was a small town a little under three hours away from Skidmore. 
She did have a difficult life growing up. She was abused by her stepfather for many years. And when she finally told her mom about what had happened, her mother threatened her, instead siding with her soon-to-be ex-husband rather than her own daughter. Understandably so, as soon as Lisa was old enough to get away from the house of her family, she did. When she was 18 in August of 1986, she married her stepbrother, Carl Bowman. A few months later in January of 1987, Lisa gave birth to her first child with Carl. The couple went on to have three more children over the next three years together. Despite still wanting to grow her family in 1990, Lisa underwent a procedure called tubal ligation, or as it's more commonly called, getting your tubes tied. Lisa says that it was her mom and Carl that forced her to get the sterilization procedure. The procedure was successful. Lisa could not get pregnant again despite it being physically impossible. In the following years, Lisa claimed that she was pregnant again four more times. It seems as if these claims might have been a sort of manipulation of the men she wanted to be with. In 1994, after getting separated from her first husband, Carl, she had an affair that ended in her claiming to be pregnant, which led to Carl and Lisa getting back together. After they reconciled, she stopped claiming she was pregnant altogether. Eventually, Lisa officially separated from Carl for good. In 2000, Lisa tells her new partner, Kevin, that she is pregnant and that she was going to have an abortion. Kevin gave her $40 and, assuming she went through with the procedure, they didn't talk about it again. After Kevin and Lisa get married in 2002, she starts to tell her friends and family that she is once again going to have a baby. She shared that she was getting prenatal care, but as it would later be revealed by the court physician, she had only been treated for ankle pain and a cold, not a pregnancy. When the alleged due date passed and she didn't give birth, Lisa told Kevin that the baby died and that she had donated the body to science. Despite how badly it seems that Lisa wanted to have another baby, no one suspected that she would resort to such desperate measures in December 2004. Around the same time that Bobby Joe Stennett was telling her online community that she was pregnant, Lisa Montgomery began to tell her friends and family that she was pregnant as well. Lisa posted her news, replied to Bobby Joe's post, and started to talk about their shared pregnancy experiences. Of course, given Lisa's history of lying about pregnancy and her surgery in 1990, we know that it's unlikely that she was really pregnant at all. Regardless, Lisa told people she was pregnant. She wore maternity clothes and behaved as if she was pregnant. Lisa's second husband, Kevin Montgomery, and her children were not at all aware that she had the sterilization surgery and all believed that she was really going to have another child. Some of her friends even believed this too and saying that they thought she was really showing signs. Others were suspicious, especially those who knew she had the surgery. When her first husband, Carl, and his new wife accused Lisa of lying to the family, she responded that she would prove them wrong. While Bobby and Lisa were friends through a rat terrier chat room called Ratter Chatter on December 15th, 2004, 
Lisa instead contacted Bobby Joe, pretending to be a woman named Darlene Fisher, a woman who was interested in adopting a puppy from the new litter that Bobby had recently posted about in the forum. Darlene was supposedly from Fairfax, Missouri, which wasn't too far from Skidmore, and had learned about the puppies through a mutual friend in the forum. Through her business, people would frequently stop by Bobby Joe's home to talk about and look at the dogs she was breeding to adopt them. Without hesitation, Bobby posted that she had emailed Darlene with her address and directions to her home, saying that she was excited to talk with Darlene in person the following day. After scheduling the meeting, Bobby Jo Stennett called her husband and mom, Becky Harper, to share that a woman from Fairfax was coming to look at the dogs the next day. On December 16th at 12.30 in the afternoon, like they had arranged online, Lisa arrived at Bobby Joe's house in Skidmore, Missouri. Given that they had only talked online, Bobby had no idea that the woman she invited into her home wasn't actually Darlene Fisher. She had only seen a few pictures of Lisa online anyway, and at this point, Lisa would have been just as far along in her pregnancy as Bobby Joe. As she walked into the Stennett home, hidden in her jacket, Lisa had brought with her a white cord and a sharp kitchen knife. After a little small talk, the women brought the dogs outside to play. Becky Harper, who is Bobby's mother, called her daughter to make sure that she would still be able to give her a ride home from work around 3.30. This was the last time Becky would ever hear from her daughter again. Sometime after hanging up the phone, Lisa attacked Bobby strangling her with the cord she had brought until she fell unconscious. Lisa took out her sharp kitchen knife and cut into Bobby Joe's pregnant stomach, and the pain from it all caused Bobby Joe to wake up from her unconscious state. Bobby fought back against Lisa, grabbing and pulling at her hair. As she fought for her and her baby's life, Lisa wrapped the cord again around Bobby's neck this time killing her. And once she was dead, Lisa cut the eight-month-old baby from Bobby Joe's body and severed the umbilical cord. Lisa Montgomery rushed out to her car that was parked in the driveway with Bobby Stinnett's newborn baby and drove away back to her town in Kansas. Other than the small cut above her eye, the gruesome way she was born, and the fact that she was born about a month premature, the baby was healthy and fine. When Bobby Joe didn't arrive to pick up her mom at work at 3.30 like she had promised only an hour earlier, Becky Harper called her phone again. When Bobby Joe didn't answer, Becky instead walked over to the house, which was only two blocks away, to see what had kept her daughter from coming to get her. The front door was left wide open. Becky went inside and saw her daughter covered in blood on the floor. Panicking and distraught, Becky called 911 and said it looks like her daughter's stomach has exploded. Sheriff Ben Espy was one of the first to arrive at the Stinnett home. He recalled that, quote, you could see swirls in the floor in the blood showing there were signs of a struggle. Examiners believe Bobby Joe was alive for at least part of the time while the baby was being removed. Despite Becky's attempts at CPR to revive her daughter, Bobby Joe Stinnett was pronounced dead at the scene. While investigators were only starting to piece together what had happened at the Stinnett home, Lisa was on her way with the baby back to her Kansas town. She had stopped a little bit away from the Stinnett home, clamped the baby's umbilical cord, and cleaned her up with wipes. 
Lisa had come prepared to leave Bobby Joe's house with the baby. She put her in the car seat and kept heading home. When she arrived in Topeka, Lisa finally called her husband to tell him that she had gone into labor while she was out Christmas shopping and gave birth at the women's clinic. Rather than driving her car home, which she probably assumed investigators were already looking for since it had been at Bobby Joe's house, she had Kevin meet her near the clinic to drive her and their new baby home. Lisa's older children would come to pick up her car later. Lisa and Kevin, who actually had no idea about the truth of where the baby came from, excitedly called friends and family to announce the baby has arrived. They decided to name her Abigail. While the Montgomerys began to share their news, investigators are quickly piecing together what had happened to Bobby Joe Stennett. With no forced entry, police quickly assumed that Whoever had done this must have been invited in, which led them to assume this was someone who had come to meet Bobby Joe about her dogs. A neighbor recalled seeing a red two-door car parked in the driveway, presumably owned by whoever had come to visit and Bobby's murderer. When the news of her death broke, members of the forum group tipped off police about the exchange that they had seen a few days earlier between Darlene Fisher and Bobby. Through conversations with internet providers, they were able to trace the IP address that Darlene's email came through back to Lisa's home. When they arrived at Lisa's house, they found the same red car seen at Bobby's house parked out front. Kevin, completely unaware of what his wife had done, answered the door to the investigators. They saw Lisa on the couch holding a baby. Among those who arrived at the Montgomery house was Sergeant Investigator Randy Strong. He explained that they were there investigating the murder of Bobby Joe and the kidnapping of a child. When they asked about the baby, Lisa shared the same story that she told Kevin. She gave birth at a women's clinic in Topeka. Lisa sent Kevin outside to get the discharge papers from the truck, but he came back empty-handed, unable to find any. When they called the clinic to check, they learned that no babies were born on that day. Investigator Strong asked to talk to Lisa outside to hear a little bit more about her story. She said that due to her family's financial problems, she actually had given birth to the baby at home with two friends. When Strong asked her for the names of the friends, she changed her story again, saying that they weren't actually there physically, but they were just there available by phone in case there were any issues. Lisa said she gave birth in the kitchen and then got rid of the placenta in a creek nearby. Sensing that the police were quickly becoming skeptical of her story and the evidence that they were finding against her, Lisa requested that they go to the sheriff's office to continue the discussion. While there, Lisa finally confessed that she was the one who killed Bobby Joe and took the baby. Bobby Joe's baby was taken from the Montgomery family and moved to a hospital where she was checked to be sure that she was healthy and unharmed. In a press conference after Lisa's arrest, the arresting sheriff said that despite the horrendous way that she was born into this world, there were no indications that the child had been hurt in any way. That same night, Zed Stinnett, having just lost a wife a day ago, is reunited with his daughter at the hospital. He named her Victoria Joe, a name him and Bobby had decided on together before her murder. With Lisa in custody after a full confession, 
she was charged with kidnapping resulting in death. By this, courts stated that in kidnapping and claiming Victoria Jo Stennett as her child, her actions resulted in the death of Bobby Jo Stennett. Beyond this, they said that because Lisa had killed Bobby Jo in an especially heinous way, through strangulation and mutilating her body, that the government was seeking the death penalty. Lisa's attorneys tried to prevent the government from seeking the death penalty, stating that they could not definitively prove that the kidnapping resulted in Bobby Joe's death. The appeal was denied. It seems obvious to us that Lisa's actions directly led to Bobby dying. A jury heard 11 days of testimony about the crime, and Lisa's defense presented an insanity claim. The insanity defense was based on proving that Lisa was experiencing pseudosiesis, or the false belief that you are pregnant, along with many mental health issues stemming from her abuse as a child and a teen. The doctor for the prosecution adamantly argued against this. He felt that Lisa clearly did not have a sincere belief that she was pregnant. Lisa was well aware that she had undergone the sterilization procedure. When she was actually pregnant before her surgery, she had prenatal care and gave birth in a hospital. But with the most recent alleged pregnancy, she made no arrangements for her to go to appointments with Kevin, and she never showed Kevin a positive pregnancy test. With pseudosiesis looking like an unlikely diagnosis, Ruben Gurr, PhD, was asked by defense to say whether Lisa had any other mental injury. He was prepared to say that Lisa's brain showed abnormalities that were consistent with pseudosiesis. The government rejected these claims, stating that the methods were unreliable. After two days of testimony from experts, the court concluded that Lisa's MRI was not abnormal and did not show any conditions that were relevant to the case. With her insanity defense falling through, Lisa also claimed that her brother Tommy Kleiner was at Bobby Joe's house the day of the murder. A polygraph suggested that she wasn't lying, but the prosecution had all polygraph exams excluded. Later, it was determined that Tommy couldn't have been at the Stennets at the time of the murder, to which Lisa then claimed that she had amnesia and couldn't remember anything surrounding the time of the murder. With such heinous crime, investigators and juries wanted to know what could lead a woman to do such a horrible thing to another. It came to light that during fall of 2004, Lisa was in a custody battle with her first husband, Carl Bowman. He knew she couldn't become pregnant and that she was lying to her current husband, Kevin, and family when she told them that she was pregnant again. Carl and his new wife sent emails to Lisa saying that they planned to expose that she was lying to everyone about her pregnancy. In these emails, he claimed that he would use the lies she was spreading against her at the custody hearings. While this doesn't at all justify murder, it perhaps gives us some insight into why Lisa felt she had to go to such extreme measures to claim a baby as her own. Given the confession and mounting evidence, ultimately, the jury found Lisa Montgomery guilty of kidnapping resulting in death of Bobby Joe Stennett. As the trial progressed into sentencing, the jury heard testimonies for two days from family, co-workers, and medical professionals about Lisa's character, mental state, and relationships. The prosecution pushed for the death penalty, 
To escape this outcome, Lisa's defense argued that she could appreciate the wrongfulness of what she had done, that she committed the offense under severe mental and emotional disturbance, that she supported four children, and that she was a good, caring mother. Even with all this testimony, it was determined that the government had proved beyond a reasonable doubt their case, and that given the nature of the crime, Lisa was given the death penalty. Since the end of her trial in 2007, three years after murdering Bobby Joe and leaving with her daughter, Lisa has continued to appeal her death penalty for many different reasons. Small technicalities on the ruling of kidnapping resulting in death, prosecutorial misconduct for the prosecution saying that she was a bad mother during the sentencing, and other nuanced arguments about language used in court. She argues that the cumulative effects of all of this means she deserves a new trial. Despite the attempts, the court remains firm that the conviction and sentence are upheld. She is currently 52 years old and is on death row at Federal Medical Center Carswell in Fort Worth, Texas. She was originally scheduled to be put to death on December 8th via lethal injection, but her legal defense team contracted COVID-19 and this date was pushed back to give them time to recover and file any final appeals. Lisa Montgomery is now slated to receive the death penalty on January 12, 2021. She will be one of only four women in the U.S. to have ever received this punishment, the first in nearly 70 years. So much of the story is gruesome. There is one happy conclusion. Victoria Jo Stinnett, Bobby Joe's daughter, is now almost 16 years old, living at home healthy and loved with her father. Since she is still so young, the family has done so much to protect her from the media attention, keeping her out of the public eye to have as much of a normal life as she can to grow up, despite the horrible way she lost her mother. This concludes this week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Crime Salad is a Weird Salad production. Are you kidding me? That was perfect. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts.